what do they call it? They call it Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. What's going on, guys? Royale with cheese here, and we're bringing to you episode 20 with Ford v Ferrari, Mandal- Mandalorian, Midway, and uh, the season opener of Rick and Morty. This is a very exciting week for us, Kale. I mean, not as much movie-wise, but TV show-wise. I know we were both very excited for Rick and Morty and The Mandalorian, which I'm glad uh, a friend came in clutch on The Mandalorian. <laughs> Disney Plus, baby. <laughs> yeah. But um, we start out, you want to start with Midway? I think that was the first film we watched. Yeah, Midway was um, obviously takes over the place of uh, the Battle of Midway. It's, um, I, mean, I go- mean, I give him props for trying to do something different. Instead of the classic Pearl Harbor, I give him props for that. I and mean, there was a lot of good actors that I like in it. Yeah, there was a lot of good actors, just uh, very poorly executed, in my opinion. I mean, it's the story of the Battle of Midway, and it's told by the leaders and the sailors who fought it. You know, this it is pretty. Seth was right. It has uh, Ed Screen, Patrick Wilson, Woody Harrelson, Luke Evans, Mandy Moore. I mean, you have Dennis Quaid, Nick Jonas. I mean, um, this had a pretty big cast, but um. No one was really flushed out, except for the main character, which was Ed Screen, Screen, who's Dick Best, the pilot, and um, well, yeah, he he had this really annoying New York accent the whole time. So, yeah, I mean, this really wasn't even the Battle of Midway; it was more like the build-up and the analyst. Yeah, the that, yeah, the that's intel, basically what yeah. it was: is the build-up to the Battle of Midway, because the Battle of Midway probably realistically only lasted about thirty minutes. Yeah, I mean, uh, exactly. They try to expound upon this battle and um, by obviously showing Pearl Harbor and stuff. And overall, some of the special effects look good, but then again, like a lot of them didn't. Now, yeah. Now, this director, which isn't a surprise why he did this movie, is Ronald. I'm not even gonna try saying M M Roland Emmerich, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> he uh, he did like Independence Day, The Patriot. He did the day after tomorrow, 1000 BC, 2012, White House Down, uh, the new Independence Day, and the day after tomorrow. I mean, he literally just directs crappy movies. So let's be real. I mean, Patriots the only one on the list that I think uh, I kind of like by him. All yeah. the other ones are kind of. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, uh, he's, Independence he's, Day. I like Independence I mean, it's Day. Kind of cheesy. But I mean, he he's nothing. He didn't do anything great, and this movie's. Proof of that. Proof of that, exactly. I mean, like I said, it has a pretty all-star cast, and yet they're used very, very seldomly and not flushed out at all, except for, like I said, Dick Best, and he's just super annoying as the main character. And um, like I said, some of the action scenes are really well well shot, I think, and uh, the CGI looks pretty good on parts of it. But then there's some of them that just look pretty bad and uh, don't make any sense, and like the fake fire at Pearl Harbor was pretty brutal. Yeah, um, that actor, what's his face? Um, hang on, I gotta find him. The guy with the mustache, he was like the lieutenant. He was good friends with the main pilot. Um, do you see him on here? Yeah, I don't, I don't, can't find him offhand. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he, his acting honestly was very cringy, to say the least. Oh, it's right here. Alexander Ludwig, played by Roy Pierce. Yeah, he, he was just. It was honestly, it was a bad actor. <laughs> that's yeah, that's he, for sure. He acted it. pretty bad. I mean, this like like they have they take very prominent figures in history. Like they have Jimmy Doolittle and uh, William Bull Housley, and these are like historically pretty well known people. 
and they did some pretty great things, but yet, like, they're so underused in this movie to an extent where it, they just don't feel like they matter. They feel like they're just thrown in there for name recognition. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, I actually think the main, a couple of the few guys, like the analyst, uh, Patrick Wilson, even Woody Harrelson, did pretty well in this film. Uh, yeah, Patrick Wilson, I think, was, I guess, the bright spot of this movie for me. And he actually did kill it. I just wasn't a big fan of the Ed Shriek. Yeah, he kind of, I mean, I don't know, I'm not around a lot of thick Irish accents, but. It's not Irish, it's uh, like in New York, you know. Oh yeah, Boston, isn't he from Boston? I thought he was from Boston. It's it's a terrible accent no matter what Yeah, it was really bad, I'm not even sure what it was, if we're being honest, but (laughs) it, it. did not catch. Yeah, didn't make any sense why he had that girl as his wife. <laughs> yeah, this this movie verges on two hours and eighteen minutes, which is a fairly long run time. And um, uh, basically, when the action scenes came apart, I mean, when they started, I mean, they were interesting and fun to watch and uh, yeah, pretty well, exhilarating. Well but put then, together. Um, uh, they're okay, but uh, as soon as they started getting emotional or just dialogue in general, the movie just fell completely apart. I mean, the dialogue. Whoever wrote this. I mean, this the dialogue in general was just really bad and cheesy. It was like, uh, probably like a film student wrote it, it felt like. I mean, it just was bad. Yeah, I mean, the writer's not known for anything except for The Colony, which is a TV show, and uh, Jean-Claude Van Johnson, which is an Amazon special. Yeah, and then also, I mean, this movie so. got a PG-13 rating, and uh, I think it's really hard to make a war movie with a PG-13 rating and yeah. seem even realistic at any means because that means you can't show a lot of the gruesome action or the gruesome things that takes place in war. The I mean, language is cut down. I mean, that's like taking venom and making a PG 13 exactly. movie. As we saw it just like it didn't fit because a big part of him is that violence. Yeah. But this movie actually didn't end up doing that bad at the theaters. I mean, I wouldn't say it did good, but it actually won the top spot a few weekends ago. I think two weekends ago, uh, beating out Dr. Sleep, which is actually a pretty big surprise. And um, so, I mean, it wasn't a total failure box office wise. Uh, I just think it's a kind of a boomer movie, and you're gonna get a lot of old people to go see it. So, I, I mean, mean, it's still in the theaters, but it's only made half of what it put into it. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the box office, you know, uh, Joker just crossed one billion. Yeah, I, it's pretty insane, honestly. For all the hate that it got, it still <laughs> destroyed the box office. Yeah. So, uh, what did you end up giving Mubisa? Um, I actually give it a four out of ten. Yeah, same here. It just, uh, I'll probably never watch this again, ever want to. And this is probably going to be the most forgettable movie of the year, I think, for me at least. Yeah, I mean, there's not much we can say on this. It, it, it wasn't like out of the world awful, which you can talk on a lot, but it definitely had just, it was just like bad writing, bad acting, bad directing yeah, put together. Yeah, and they didn't do anything that made them stand out that I'd remember anything. Everything was yeah. super generic. Yeah. So, I mean, there's I mean, nothing insane in the action scenes. It was kind of just like, okay, that's good. Um, so, yeah. Moving on to the next film, Ford v. Ferrari. You know, this is uh, opened this past weekend, um, two hours, 32 minutes, so a pretty long runtime, PG-13, um, directed by James Mangold, and uh, you have uh, Matt Damon, Christian Bale, um, you have John Berthnall, Katerina or Katerina Balfi. I'm not even gonna try. John Lucas, Noah Yupe, Tracy Latz, Remo Girione. I mean, 
Yeah. Really, it's just Matt Damon, who's Carol Shelby, and you got Christian Bale, who's Ken Miles, and they basically carry the whole movie. Oh, yeah. And it circles pretty much all around them, and uh, it's the basically what happens is is that uh, Ford wants to kind of get into the racing scene, so they go and try to buy Ferrari. Well, Ferrari basically says, you guys make disgusting cars. You don't hand make them. You just make them by the bulk. They're ugly. They're not as good or precision, and yeah. they're not good-looking cars. So well, it's this, a publicity thing because yeah. Ford's going down. And this uh, pisses off Henry Ford II, and he says, listen, we're going to win the Le Mans 24-hour race no matter what. I'll give you a blank check to Carroll Shelby. You design the car, make the car, you get the driver and everything, and we're going to go and beat them. Yeah, and they did in, what, like 90 days or something crazy yeah, like that? Yeah, like a three-month period. Yeah. To make this, and uh, so they... And a backstory, they've never made a car like this before. Yeah, and basically what happens is, you know, uh, Carol Shelby has a relationship with Ken Miles, and he thinks Ken Miles is probably the best driver he's ever had, but Ken Miles has problems because he's a Brin, and he is a loud mouth and speaks his mind, strong. which really yeah, yeah, pisses everyone minded. off. So what happens is, you know, the first Le Mans, they enter, the obviously, the Mustang into it, and uh, Shelby's Mustang, and they don't want... They decide executive decision to make Ken Miles. Well, it wasn't even Henry Ford. It was his uh, vice president. Vice president that, which is not Terry the second. It's Leo, um, Leo Baby. Leo Baby. Yeah. yeah, Josh Lucas. Yeah, Leo Baby is the vice president, and he hates Ken Miles because he kind of had a spat earlier on, and basically decides that uh, Ken Miles is not going to be the driver. You know, they need a more of an American figure, so they go and they epically fail. The car blows up. Didn't have enough time, all this stuff to build a good car. So through this, they go back, and um, it's pretty historical. Uh, Ken Miles actually doesn't, he's the best driver. He breaks the records on lap times constantly. But, um, I mean, it's a historical event. I, am I really spoiling anything? Uh, I mean, probably people don't know about this. I bet a lot of people don't. I mean, but you're not going to spoil it. I think you can pick out what's going to happen in, from the title. I mean, Ken Miles doesn't win. But even though he's the best driver and technically yeah, wins, he we'll, doesn't win. We'll give it we'll give it a little into the breakdown if you want. Yeah. But um it's it's honestly pretty stellar acting by Matt Damon and uh Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. They do very, very, very well together. Even uh Matt Damon said the number one reason he wanted to be in the movie was to work with Christian Bale. So yeah, and it's kind of, it's it's funny because like watching each other. Christian Bale, you know, he actually is, um, I believe he's actually from England, or he's from Ireland or somewhere over there, you know. Yeah, and you get a good accent for the first time, and to actually get like hearing him not have an American accent is really off putting to me at first. It's kind of refreshing though compared to Midway. Oh well, it's a good movie. Oh, for sure. I mean, a good accent. I mean, this um this movie, you know, I it's not NASCAR, which it kind I don't care about racing, and I, I'm not a big car guy either. But the thing about this race is kind of cool. It's Le Mans. Is it's this really famous race, and it's a 24-hour race. And, um, you know, the, they're actual race cars. And it's not just like NASCAR or anything like that where they just turn left. This is not just a simple course. It's on country road and stuff like that, so it's a wild course. And it's probably one of the most famous races ever. And um, it's an international race. And um, through this movie, you know, it's actually really cool, this determination. And I think they give America a lot of credit, which I think is a good thing. I mean, he sits there and kind of says, basically, Henry Ford II, he's, it's the American way, man. He's like, listen here, I'll give you a blank check. We're going to beat these Italians. Oh, yeah. I don't care. But not even that. They do. they don't play it off like they're not 
this is not a political movie. Like, they're no, not sitting no, there no. trying to be good politically because they do play off Henry Ford II kind of like a douchebag. Yeah, and especially Leo Beebe, you know, he's oh, the yeah. ultimate douchebag. I mean, it shows also the problem with American pride and stuff like this is, like, they thought they could just buy up Ferrari and they get embarrassed because of it and all this stuff, you know. And it's kind of funny because it's just, like, it shows both sides of the coins. And I don't know how accurate this movie is. I really don't. I do, yeah. I, I think they probably play off Ken Miles to be a nicer dude than he was in real life just because they want you to be sympathetic towards him because Leo Beebe really hated him in this movie. And I just don't know if that conflict was as big or anything as, as they make it out to be because it just seems a little dramatic to me. Yeah. But I mean, this movie kept me entertained. And like I said, I don't care about racing whatsoever, but it was like a nonstop thrill ride. And when they're driving, like you actually felt like you were in it and like you were excited for it and stuff like that. And they did a really good job of the scenes. I mean, some of the, some of the shots in the movie too, were really cool. I actually enjoyed a couple oh, of the yeah. shots. I mean, it wasn't like the most greatest shot selection in any movie, but yeah. I, for just kind of a historical pick, you know, it was pretty good. I mean, yeah. And another token towards uh, the American way it, when they got to the race day, uh, first thing, I think it's Matt Damon says when they walk in, he's like, if this was a beauty pageant, our car would lose because it's not about the looks of the car. It's about the grit on the inside, which is kind of like the American way. Exactly. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter how you look; it's how how you what you put forth at your job, how hard you work, how you do this. And I got some interesting facts about uh, Christian Bale. He had to. So his last movie was Vice, right? Yeah. And he had gained weight for it, mm-hmm. so he looked a little bit bigger. Yeah. He had to drop seventy pounds, or oh, yeah, he did I, drop I, I seventy pounds for this movie, so mm-hmm. he looked a lot skinnier. And. Uh, Matt Damon was questioning. He's like, how did you lose 70 pounds in what? It was like seven months or something well, like that. Well, yeah. I mean, he's in The Machinist, which he like is anorexic basically in that. So he constantly is fluctuating weight for uh, roles in movies and stuff, which obviously is not that healthy. But, I mean, that kind of what makes him uh, cut above oh, yeah. the average actor, you know? Yeah, and uh, Christian Bale took a driving course so he could actually like a professional driving course to learn how to handle cars like that yeah. before the movie. It wasn't mandatory because they could have another driver, yeah. but he wanted to. Yeah. Just he's like he's not a method actor, but he's like a step behind. Yeah. I, I mean, this uh like I said, it basically follows Demon and Bale and it both of them do good performances and it. it's good, but I mean this movie is for the most part pretty straightforward. It, it's I mean, a, it's it, a great duo. Yeah, it's a great duo. I mean, this movie I feel like it's going to be nominated for something. I don't think it'll win any. I don't think it should win anything, because I mean, it, like I said, a very solid movie. That's I mean, yeah. that's the best thing I can say. I mean, it's entertaining. The two and a half hours went by pretty quick. I don't remember any point where I was kind of looking at my watch or anything. You know, it just it kind of went by pace pretty well in my opinion. You yeah, know? kept me entertained. And uh, but that could be just me learning about. I enjoy learning about things but even though if they're not 100 percent historically correct but yeah it won the hollywood film awards for editor of the year sound of the year and director of the year and uh this director the guy that directed it uh james mangol yeah he you know he's he's kind of on the border of whether you like him or not he directed logan which in my opinion is a really good superhero movie yeah he did 310 to yuma he did walk the line i mean i mean but then he did the wolverine which is quite possibly one of the worst superhero movies i mean besides the fantastic four that's a failed tra- fan tries yeah we should never dive into that yeah i mean like i said it's just this movie's pretty straightforward i mean i'd recommend going to see it for sure or maybe yeah. catch the man eh? it, it's very I mean, good there's no reason you should 
rush out and go see this movie tomorrow. Yeah, but I mean, maybe go see solid. it. Maybe pick it up at Family Video or something. I don't know if that's <laughs> what people do these days. I don't, but... Yeah, it, uh, it was very entertaining for the most part. Yeah, and great acting. I will say, I don't want to say it's the best acting I've seen this year, but very good acting. I mean, I think that's what carried it a lot for me, is the acting. Christian Bale's accent and then just Matt Damon and him playing off of each other yeah. was very well they put make, together. They make uh even Shelby Henry Ford and Ken Miles very um very likable in this movie, you know? Like and that, that's one thing I just feel like probably not hundred percent historically correct, but I mean they're very likable in this movie and I enjoy them both in it tremendously. Yeah. Yeah, it it was it was a nice movie. I mean What'd you give it? I give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, me too. I give it an eight out of ten. Like I said, it's two and a half hours, so it's a longer runtime, but it doesn't feel that bad when going watching it. So, yeah, yeah, I, I I felt it was dragged down a little bit, but not much. Yeah, for especially for sure. two and a half hour movie. Um, so you want to do Rick and Morty next? Yeah. So uh, season four opened up, and uh, this is obviously one of Seth and I's favorite show. And very uh, funny. If you don't know anything about it, it's basically uh, Rick is like the smartest genius in the world, scientist guy. Yeah. And his grandson, Morty, goes along on all these adventures with him. And they have a dynamic duo. It's a cartoon, obviously. Yeah. And it's just like, it's really well written, really well played out. I mean, his, his, uh, his son, Rick's son-in-law is a deadbeat, basically. Yeah. Supposed to be just a nobody. And his daughter is a horse doctor because she couldn't be a doctor. Yeah. And yeah. then his daughter is just kind of there. Yeah. Or his, not daughter, his granddaughter is yeah. kind of there. And, I mean, it's um basically, like I said, it's just really well put together. I mean, the creators of this, which is like, um, I mean, they have a ton of directors, but the creators of this, what are their names? I can't think of their names. Um, is Justin, I know it's Justin Ro- Roland. And, oh, Justin Roland, Dan Harmon. Okay, yeah, Dan yes, Harmon. I kind of Dan yes. Harmon. But um, they basically created the show, and the storyboard for the show is insane because it's it has a lot of this. You can watch one episode and be satisfied. Like you don't have to watch the whole series before. Yeah. But watching them, they have like little parts to each one that kind of add together in certain episodes. You know. Yeah. And they make it so it had kind of a congruent timeline and stuff like that. And it's just crazy how much time and effort they put into each episode because each episode is legitimately hilarious. Like I can't, we can't really think of a bad episode. I mean, there's episodes that are definitely not on par with the other episodes. But Seth and I went through this, and we really couldn't think of a bad episode. So season four, basically, you know, is we were excited for the release. The new episode comes out tonight, Sunday night. And um, we just, we really liked it opening up. They opened up with uh, Death Crystals, you know, and it basically uh, Morty was able to see his future because you, with these Death Crystals, you can always see how you're going to die, you know. And he uh, sees this life where he dies in the arms of his, like, this girl that he's always loved. Yeah. And so, basically, the whole movie, uh, Rick dies. He keeps getting, basically, uh, into different clones and from different universes and space-time continuum and all this stuff. And he turns into, like, a wasp, into, like, all these different creatures and stuff. And all these other Ricks and Mortys are, end up being fascists. So, I mean, it's a really good opener. I really yeah. enjoyed it. It's, it's definitely one of those TV shows, the more you watch it, the more you get out of it. It's not just, like, you can watch it once and laugh at it, but the second time you watch it, you're going to laugh even harder. And then the third time you watch it, you're probably going to laugh just as hard because there's so many jokes in there that aren't just dumb jokes where you actually need to think a little bit to get it. But you don't have to think too hard. 
it's just some you don't pick up on because there's so many jokes thrown out throughout the whole show. Yeah, I we both extremely recommend it. It's one of our favorite shows. It's only 20 minutes long every yeah, episode. Exactly, and um, it's all available on Hulu. Yes, I mean uh, new episodes are on uh, Adult Swim or on uh, AdultSwim.com. You know. Yeah. So I mean, it's very highly recommend. It's hilarious. Yeah, for sure. I'd recommend it to anyone. Now, uh, now this is the one that I think is the biggest one of the week. You know, uh, Mandalorian came out on Disney Plus. Obviously, we were able to get two episodes under our belt before we were able to review it. And um, Seth, what are your thoughts on the Mandalorian so far? I, I like it a lot. I like kind of the concept of how they're going to go into the Mandalorians and what they are, because I mean that's always been. I mean, like you've said, I mean Boba Fett and Jenga Fett are probably two of the most iconic people in yeah star wars but no one knows them yeah and they yeah because they're mandalore well jango fett's a mandalorian and uh basically it's just like this spartan-esque tribe you know in the where they're really good at assassinating and stuff like that and they're bounty bounty hunters and the show this it's not doesn't take place about either of them it's a separate mandalorian and we have not seen a face reveal or anything yet because he doesn't take off his helmet you know he never does yeah i'm convinced everyone's just born with helmet on yeah, so this this um they've put a lot of money into this, which it shows for it, sure. For, it, it looks look, good. It looks good for a TV show, especially, and um everything's really good about it. I mean, it opens up, you know, he's a bounty hunter. It shows him get a bounty at first, and how he has these cool gadgets and stuff. And um the second episode, though, really, you know, is well. Why don't we just why don't we just hit on the elephant in the room? We're gonna say it. I mean, if yeah, you it's seen fine. It, it's not. I don't think. Sorry, it, it's on Twitter. Or uh, anything. Yoda's in it. Yeah, not well, Yoda, but they, they Yoda. find a Yoda-like creature, you know, and he's supposed to be fifty yeah. years old, but it's like a little baby, right? Because we all know they age slowly. But there's just so many things on Yoda that you don't know about because uh, Lucas didn't want it to be shown. He kind of wanted Yoda to be mysterious, how it is. Yeah. But everyone tries breaking it apart, and you know, since a billion-dollar company, probably trillion-dollar company, got the funding for it, you know, they're gonna. Well, they Step might not. It. You know, they could. They, I think they still will respect it. I mean, this takes place after episode. No, no, no. Six. I mean, they're going to use Yoda. That's this what takes I mean. place after episode six and before episode seven, and um, basically, like Seth said, it's kind of cool because uh, the Empire has fallen. You know, at this point, and he gets this bounty to go kill or take in this Yoda alive, and um, he gets paid by uh, one of the, like there's some stormtroopers in this like house basically, and they're protecting this one high executive of the empire you know and he gives him money or these blocks they uses to metal down to armor and stuff to well g- from what i got from it is the blocks are from the mandalorian place that when they got ravaged they were all taken and melted into imperial money so these blocks they use as armor because it's obviously a very very strong piece of metal yeah i mean and uh so end of the first episode he finds this like yoda-esque character or creature right and then he jumps into the second episode oh by the way first episode um there's an ig robot bounty hunter played by uh taka waititi just want to say that awesome (laughs) but then um it goes on to episode two and he's just kind of protecting it and he also runs into some foibles and stuff but we actually see which is the big reveal is that baby yoda can use the force and is basically cognitive at this point you know he he sees like this bull charging the mandalorian by the way if he's this trained assassin that was one of the weakest put-ups I've yeah ever seen. i agree that actually was kind of a disappointment in my opinion yeah but um so we see baby yoda basically use the force and stop this bull and so 
we don't know where he's going to go from this, but I think this could, um, I think what they're doing with themselves, either they're kind of boxing themselves. And I think this show is either going to be really good or really bad. Yeah. So, um, what I'm going to say about the bowl is two things. One is I'm not terribly mad that he kind of got the trash being out of him by it because they're not overpowering him. Like it seems like all superheroes and everything is these days, everything's overpowered, which they're not overpowering him, which is kind of nice. But on the second point, like he is a trained assassin, like one of the, one of the baddest dudes on the face of the planet. Like, he should be able to, it might get knocked down a couple times, but he still should be able to take out this thing. Like, he has some of the best weapons, which I know it jams up or whatever. But I think more of over their point of it was they wanted to show him that Yoda could use yeah. the Force. And um, I think if they, they can go in two directions here, and I, I think they'll probably go with the one, which I don't want. But um, Kevin Feige's in charge of this. And I think Kevin Feige's kind of in charge of MCU, the MCU and stuff, so he's good at bringing everything together, putting pieces together and stuff. So I definitely think this one is somehow going to tie in to the Star Wars movies. I don't know how yet, but yeah. I, th- I think it has to because I think that's what he's going for. But I don't want that. I don't want to see Jedis really in this. I don't care if I see a couple. But I think this, this show should really focus around the Mandalorian themselves because I think they're a really cool like tribe of people and stuff and have really intricate ideals and stuff like they're like the Spartans basically and I like yeah. that and I think that's interesting and they can expound upon that I don't know how for how long but I just think they can um they can make the show really interesting and really good but I feel like they're gonna have to they are going to fall back on the force and Jedis and all this stuff instead of just focusing on good world building and good plots you know they'll be lazy yeah. and go to automatically lightsabers and blasters and bring back skywalkers or something i mean i have to agree with you i think i think they might not go that far though i think they might just go into more of just how he has to protect yoda and not really go into his origins but actually go into just him protecting this yoda like creature instead of anything else i think that's the route i feel like they're going this is the thing if this is like truly yoda and he survives and stuff like he's gonna have to play into the new movies or something because like well isn't he in the fourth one already so that's not yoda well, this is, I know, a Yoda-like creature is what I'm saying, but he has the Force and stuff in already. And I this mean, is be, this is episode, this is between six and seven. So what I'm saying is, like, he's going to be, like, there's no way, if this is canon, there's no way someone this strong at so young of an age is going to be left out of the t- out of the movies, you know? Because he's so, he's so big and so strong already as just the little Yoda kind of guy, you know? He might actually be in the new one. I don't know if he's going to be the new one. My my theory is he's going to be put into... The next trilogy? In the next trilogy, I think. I could see that. And, I mean, so I'm not excited for the new one. I know you kind of are. It's Star Wars. I'm excited for it. I just I don't think care if it fails me. Screwed. I'm still going to go see it so opening bad. day. Oh, I'm going to see it. Maybe not opening day. But I think there's a lot to work with on Yoda. But then again, I feel like we should respect Lucas in the sense of... The reason Yoda is so cool and so no. intriguing is because you don't know anything about him. I I want I pay no respects to George Lucas. I mean, I like George Lucas maybe a little bit better than No, Disney. but I like his idea of Yoda, and I think that's what we should respect. I don't somewhat. think th- I, this is the thing. I don't think they're really going to go into too much of a backstory I'm on Yoda. I'm saying if he's in the new trilogy. That's my whole point. You think they're going to do a whole backstory on this Yoda? Basically. I don't think so. They did a backstory on Solo, which wasn't needed. Yeah, it wasn't needed, but it wasn't. I just don't see any... There's no reason they're going to 
I don't feel like they're gonna pl- plan three movies around this Yoda. I think you underestimate. No, they're gonna already this have a trillion they're dollar having, company. They're having a TV show based on him. Do you think they're gonna put three more movies about this? Yes, guy? if it does that well. No. If it does that well, you don't think they will? I think people care more about every, every business. I care is money. Do you care more about the Mandalorian or do you care more about this Yoda character? I like the Yoda character a lot, but do you like I'd, it better than Mandalorian? I'm probably not. No, the Mandalorian character is more interesting to me. I think a lot of people would disagree, though. No, I. 100% disagree with you. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's the whole show, basically. Yeah, and uh, so it comes out every Friday on Disney+. Plus. They're not doing the binge. They're doing it every week, which is a unique thing, I think. I don't like it. <laughs> I'd rather just sit there and uh, watch them all right now. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. I wonder if they do it because of money. There might be something behind that. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is that people would have it for longer you know, and watch like, it because if through. it, because like if it's 20 episodes, that's 20 weeks. So that means they have to have it for basically half a year. You know, they have to have it six months without canceling it. So, but then yeah. again, they, they give up Disney plus is the most affordable of them all. I mean, you can go for like, there's year plans that are for like five, five ninety nine. If you go for a year, it's like five ninety nine a month. It's like insanely cheap. Also, if you have Verizon unlimited, you get it free for a year. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Which is, it's awesome. Probably easily the most accessible. Now I'm interested on now um, moving kind of on to what we're doing next week. You know, Irishman is coming out November 27th yes. on Netflix, the Netflix original. It's also in theaters. And spoiler, we're gonna go see that. That's what their next podcast is about. But I'm interested in the dynamics between they're releasing this A plus title. You know, this Irishman on Netflix, which I think is a good idea in some sense because it is a three and a half hour movie. So putting it on Netflix, it allows people to sit there and watch it, maybe come back to it or not. Yeah. But um, it's three and a half hours, and uh, it's a Martin Scorsese. It Which has Robert De Niro, Joe me Pesci. Really excited. I mean, yeah, it's going to be kind of a Goodfellas throwback, you know, in a way. Yeah. And the de-aging, I think, is going to be phenomenal. And Well, um, well I mean, most movies that we've seen about the de-aging, it's great. And I think we both love Martin Scorsese. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing is, like, do you think if they keep – if Netflix keeps putting forth – quality content such as the Irishman do you think it will be able to beat out Disney plus or at least be able to play play on par with them yes yeah I I, I mean I think so too I think it's just uh it just depends I mean now there's so many streaming services and there's so much competition in the market and Disney also has Hulu you know and um so it's gonna be interesting you know and yeah. I think the um, the wars have really started I mean you got the Mandalorian on Disney plus I mean because this is the thing I think Disney Plus is great and can be kept in a lot of households because it has pretty much the whole Disney market. All the Pixar movies basically are on it. I mean, you basically can get rid of your cabinets if you have little kids because everything's on there. So I think it'll stay around for a while. But I think Netflix, as long as they keep throwing money at these big projects, which I don't know how well business-wise that is to do, but I think that's its only hope, you know, is to make some good Netflix originals. I mean, yeah, I mean, they haven't, if we're being honest, They've been okay at making some good Netflix oh, I originals. Think they have. I think they're really banking though on this one. To, I think they're really hoping the Irishman pulls the Academy Award. I mean, I think they, that's what I think they're hoping for and kind of what they need. They did pull out the big guns, Martin Scorsese, and I mean, I'm sure there's some of you that don't know who Martin Scorsese is. He directed Silence, which came out a couple of years ago. He directed The Wolf on Wall Street, Hugo. He did um, Good Shutter Island, Shutter Island, The Departed, Aviator. 
He's done a lot. There's Gangs of New York. I'm just listing yes. off some of his he's, more famous. He's done Casino, he, The Age of Innocence. I mean, he's done a lot, lot, lot good of movies, fellows. and he's a good. He's a great director. The Temptation. He, he's obviously of you probably know him more because he just bashed on the MCU recently. Raging but, um, Bull. So I mean, next week what we're gonna do is we're Taxi Driver. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> get, we're gonna go see The Irishman, and uh, we're gonna come back and we're gonna give you our top five. Uh, Martin Scorsese movies, and uh, if we have time, we're also gonna throw in Doctor Sleep there for you. But yeah, uh, we're just probably will indulge a little bit. We don't want to do The Shining because it's been done a billion times. Yeah, so I but mean, obviously we'll be referencing it if we're using Doctor Sleep. It'll probably I mean, indulge The Shining. We just probably won't break it down for no, you. No, we are not. So, um, guys, uh, thank you for coming to episode twenty. You Remember, know, thanks for listening. We took a film class. All right, guys. Uh, questions, comments. You know where to find us. It's in the link. All right, see you later, guys.